Happy Easter, everyone. A brief word before we begin tonight, a word of thanks, because uh, I tend to forget these things. I truly feel every year at the Easter Vigil, but especially tonight, I just feel like the most blessed man alive. Um, I love this church, and I'm so grateful to the people who make this place what it is. Um, so a huge thank you to my staff. I want to thank Dorothy Fannin-Steel. Dale Clark, John O'Brien, Tony Davis is our seminarian who's basically running the liturgy tonight. Uh, I want to thank our music team up there, which is just incredible. All of our lectors, our servers, and thank you to all of you for being here. I, when I first came here, I don't, I think that probably three quarters of the church was empty at the Easter Vigil, um, and what a joy to see all of you here tonight. especially to you, my candidates and catechumens. I love you. Uh, this is a special night for all of us. So families are weird, aren't they? You're about to join a really weird family. It's us. Catholics are very strange. Every family's weird. My family's really weird. And I love that about them. Last year after, um, every year I do the Easter Vigil, I stay up too late, I have a drink afterwards, because I try to drink less or not at all during Lent, and so I want one after the Easter Vigil. Tonight will be no exception. <laughs> and then the next morning, I somehow try to wake up and convince myself that I'm excited to say Mass at 8.45 for the next crowd. Uh, after I finish all the masses, I always go and see my family, and we go to my, my grandparents' house. And last year at this time, my family, you know, we're just a mess. And I love that. I really do. But one of my family members who remain nameless, I, I think every family member, every family has someone like this. You probably do too. But one of my family members is a conspiracy theorist. Right? And for some reason, he thinks because I'm a Catholic priest, I'm going to buy in. And so he cornered me in the kitchen, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> You're kind of looking for someone to, like, get you out of the conversation. And this family member kind of cornered me, and I was like, okay, where are we going this time? And this is the worst one. Last year, he actually tried to convince me that the world is, really is flat. I'm not kidding. And he thought somehow there was, like, biblical support for this, and I was like, no. <laughs> like, don't. Don't, don't even go there. <laughs> we talked about that for a while. But don't you ever feel, though, there's something inside of human beings that love conspiracy theories. We all love that. There's something kind of fun about them. I watched, some of my friends made me watch one on the, the death of Kurt Cobain, and I usually don't go for that kind of stuff, but I was like, wow, like maybe there's something to it, you know? <laughs> conspiracy theories can be fascinating. But sometimes what we do is we think the world, and this is where we're all conspiracy theorists, every one of us. I guarantee everyone in this church tonight, you've all had a day where you thought the world was conspiring against you, didn't you? I have those days all the time. Right? You wake up and you're just, you didn't get enough sleep, you didn't sleep right, 
the day's stressful, you've got a lot on your mind. You know, for me, if I have that day, it's, I, I go to my holy hour and it just didn't go great. I didn't feel at peace. Right? Maybe you slam your fingers in the door. And then it always happens. I, this is one of the big, great benefits of being a priest is I don't have to drive to, to work. But I know for you guys, on your days where the world conspires against you, you get on I-25 and whatever lane you choose slows down immediately when you get in, right? And you sit in your car and you say, why God? Right? Why are you doing this to me? We all do that. We can feel like the world is conspiring against us. And sometimes, actually, that can get quite dark. We can take that to extremes. We can get to a place where we actually think the world really is a dark place, where things really are against us. My, uh, at one point, kind of a spiritual father Father Goronsky, who, if you go here, you know who that is. He died last year. I think it was his anniversary yesterday of his death. But Father Goronsky was total um, pessimist, and he was Polish. And he always said the Poles were waiting for the next uh, horde of barbarians to come over the mountains and destroy civilization at all times. He always thought things were going to break down. And he would always tell the joke about the Polish optimist. He'd always say, a Polish optimist is, you know, one Pole says... Things couldn't possibly get any worse. Any worse. And the Polish optimist says, oh, sure they could. <laughs> but isn't that true? Sometimes I think in our lives, brothers and sisters, we feel that way. We have dark days where we're not sure that the world really is good. Does our life have meaning? And even if it goes well, even if we find good marriages and good jobs and, and meaning in this life, if you don't have Jesus, people hit a point in their life, even if they've been successful, where they wonder if they've just been arranging the chairs on the Titanic. Because it's headed overboard. About, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, I read what is probably the strangest novel I've ever read. It's by a, a Catholic named G.K. Chesterton. And it's called The Man Who Is Thursday. And I read it mostly because I just like the title, but I love Chesterton too. But it's this fascinating novel, and it's it's a story about a, a British uh, detective, and he's assigned to infiltrate a group of anarchists. And it's all an allegory. Chesterton was this brilliant writer, and he writes this story, and this detective infiltrates this, this anarchist circle. And there's seven members of the High Council. And they each have code names. And what they do, their code names are a day of the week. And so he becomes, he gets into that high council, and he becomes the man who was Thursday. And it's this dark world. And it's that allegory for our lives sometimes that all the pain, all the evil, all the suffering in this world 
It's a dark place. And this detective, as he goes, something very odd happens as he continues on the trail. As one by one, he finds out that every other member on the council is also an undercover detective. And so things aren't quite what they seem. In a dark world, the more he pursues things, things that seem dark end up being good. But finally, the last member of that high council is Sunday. And Sunday is deeply mysterious. And I probably will leave that out of my homily because you should read this novel. But it's, it's an image of, it's kind of an image for God, but it's an image of the world and the laws of nature and the goodness of the earth. But the point of the story is this. What Chesterton's getting at is that what if, brothers and sisters, you know, we think there's this conspiracy against us. The world's out to get me. When I'm having stressful days, every single one of my parishioners calls me with a problem. What if, what if everything we encounter was a conspiracy for good? What if it was upside down? What if everything in your life was arranged for you to find salvation? St. Paul tells us that God, God loves all men and desires them to come to the knowledge of the truth. All things work for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Brothers and sisters, Christians are conspiracy theorists. We believe that God has ordered the world to save it. I hope you heard our exalted tonight. Matt did a great job, that beautiful hymn that we sing at the beginning to the light of Easter, who is Christ. Listen to this. The exalted proclaims, our birth would have been no gain had we not been redeemed. A wonder of your humble care for us. O love, O charity beyond all telling. This is my favorite line. To ransom a slave, you gave away your son. You see, God arranged everything. Brothers and sisters, my dear catechumens, it is no accident that you are here. God has arranged this from all eternity. For your good for your eternal salvation. In the designs of providence, there are no coincidences. God has ordered all things. Israel's story that we heard tonight, all the dark moments, all the falls, the exile, the death of Jesus Christ was for tonight. There's a conspiracy theory. The exalted goes on. Oh, happy fault. What, what fault was that? Adam and Eve's sin. 
Without Adam and Eve's sin, Jesus wouldn't have had to die for us. But he did. And so our redemption is higher than we ever would have been in Eden. Our destiny is greater than any of us ever could have had, even in a world without sin. Oh, happy fault that earned so great, so glorious a redeemer. Brothers and sisters, this is our story. Our story is about a God who arranges things for your good. That's who we are. This has consequences. Christians live different lives because of this. I think a lot, when you're a priest, you think a lot about death because you're around it a lot and we wear black. It's kind of sweet. But there's something amazing about the way Christians live this. It's amazing. You know, in the ancient world, what what people did, non-Christians and non-Jews, when someone died, they burned them on a funeral pyre. Because it was done. Maybe their soul existed. But their life was done. Their body was done. Jews and Christians buried people. We used to have what we called the churchyard. Which was a cemetery on the church grounds. And it was so cool because that meant that everyone who had worshipped at this church over the, the years and the centuries were still part of our family. And when you walked to Mass, you'd walk through the churchyard. And you, knew, you would know that someday you would be there too. With those who were living, centered around the Savior of the world. I love that. To be a Christian, and finally, brothers and sisters, I want to tell you tonight, this is not just about you. That conspiracy theory, the way God arranges everything for salvation, is not just about us. It's about setting the world right. We heard tonight in our first reading that God created the world good. Sin and death destroy God's good creation. They corrupt it. But our God was not content to leave things that way. The resurrection is the Christian truth that God does not abandon us, even in our darkest moments, and he does not abandon our creation, his creation. Canons and catechumens, if you become lukewarm Catholics, I don't know how, but I will find out, and I will physically beat you down. (laughs) This is so much bigger than you, and the world needs you. The world needs people who believe in God, who believe the world will be redeemed through Christ. People who have hope. The world needs people who believe in a good conspiracy. I want to leave you tonight with a quote from Hansers von Balthasar, of course. Balthasar says this, he says, The Christian, together with everyone who has genuine hope, 
Right? You are men and women of genuine hope. Lasting hope, eternal hope. The Christian, together with everyone who has genuine hope, fights his way through the meaninglessness of the world. Establishes an islands of conspiracy, networks of hope, and the kingdom of the dark lord of this world, which is what Jesus calls Satan, the dark lord of this world. Right from the beginning, Christianity was seen as a total, highly dangerous revolution. Why else was it so persecuted? It is meanings revolt against the meaninglessness of dying, which casts a shadow of absurdity on all that lives. It is the revolt of resurrection against the finality of bodily disintegration, the revolt of love's absoluteness, against any resignation on the part of the heart. Tonight our king makes all things new. He brings you to faith, hope, and love, and he promises you eternal life. And for all of us, brothers and sisters, tonight, the only thing that matters, if Jesus Christ is truly risen from the dead, that is all that matters. Your fears, your anxieties, the meaninglessness that all of us fear has no power. All that matters is that Jesus is risen from the dead. Praise be Jesus Christ.